Hello and welcome to the Majors Mess Hall podcast. This is episode 160 now. Um, I'm your host, Gavin. And today we are joined by a very special guest, super talented Brian Popvin, who is also known as the Belusionist, um, which is, I'm going to say that it's your uh, like a balloon sculptor. Is, is that right? So originally it was, uh, I was a balloon magician. Okay. And I've, I've been doing this 19 years and I came up with the term balloonist, meaning I did balloon and illusion. But um, eventually the balloons took a toll on my hands and I could no longer do sleight of hand or any other magic tricks. My hands are just freezing up. So I stopped doing magic and just outsourced most of the magic uh, to colleagues. And I just kept focusing on the balloons. I mean, the name still works, though, because it really is like an, a kind of an illusion because... I mean, it's hard to explain, and I'll, I'll make sure that, like, when when I share this episode, I, I'm going to post some videos and photographs of your work because, I mean, it the name doesn't do it justice because you you don't. Well, as soon as you say, "Oh, he, he makes balloon animals and he makes things out of balloons," you automatically think of you know the stereotypical poodle dog, and and you know even I can do that. I mean, that's that that's not hard at all. But what you do is absolutely incredible. I mean, you, I don't think there's anything that you couldn't do out of balloons. Oh, the, the, I literally just told somebody this weekend, she asked me, can you make me a Mickey's 40 ounce grenade bottle uh, or <laughs> something like that? And I said, uh, and I, I, I got into the business because I wanted to be an actor. I answered an ad in Backstage West that said, you know, we're looking for actors. I show up to this company and I'm thinking that I'm going to be, you know, the next uh, Tobey Maguire, the next Jake Gyllenhaal. And they're like, can you put on that Spider-Man costume? I'm like, absolutely. And I'm like, okay, great. I'm going to be in a Spider-Man movie. Turns out, no, they want you to go to kids' birthday parties and dress up as Spider-Man. I went, shit. Well, how <laughs> much? <laughs> and back then, I mean, I was doing nothing with balloons. I was doing, you know, your stereotypical balloons. But um, I just kept trying at it and trying at it. And I mean, as a child, I always wanted to paint. I always wanted to sculpt. I, I think that's why I gravitated towards theater because I couldn't paint or sculpt or do any of those things, but I could, I could shout, I could command an audience. And um, when they introduced me to balloons, it just sort of clicked. And I was like, this speaks to me. I don't know what it is, but I can somehow manipulate this balloon and create stuff. And uh, yeah, I've been doing it ever since. It's, uh, I mean, some of the things I've seen of yours, uh, you know, you, there was one where you made a, a, like a life-size T-Rex skeleton which I yeah. mean, from a distance, it looks real. I mean, like from an actual distance, it looks like a real skeleton. I've seen that you did a Spider-Man one where he's hanging upside down on like a lamppost. Yeah. Uh, that was incredible. And then the wearable ones as well, like you actually make like a Transformers, you know, Transformer and you, you're inside it moving around. It's, I, I don't know how you do it. I really don't. Well, the, so the, those, the costumes. Um, so I, I've always been a big fan of the Punisher and yeah, I always I know, thought I'd, I noticed that on the sh on your social media. Yeah. I, I always thought it'd be funny to say I'm the balloonisher and I, <laughs> I make these balloon weapons and I show up and I'm, I'm like, ah, I'm so dangerous. Look at me. But then um, <laughs> nobody ever picked up that I was doing that because they were so detailed. Everybody just thought I was carrying a gun. <laughs> nobody, nobody picked up that it was a balloon gun. It was just, they were like, this man is carrying a freaking weapon. <laughs> so I, I've been doing that for close to eight years. Actually, you know what? I started that 
going on 10 years now. Um, I said eight years because I, I keep forgetting we had a pandemic and we lost two yeah. years. Of our- <laughs> the last two years don't count. Yeah, the last two years. So I'm like, oh, I've been doing this for eight years, no 10 years. Um, but anyway, I, I showed up to a convention with a fully detailed weapon and everybody kept saying, oh, because of the weapons ban. And I'm like, what weapons ban? And apparently some guy dresses the Punisher in Arizona Comic-Con, said he was going to kill a bunch of cops and this and that, blah, blah. So Comic-Con across the nation banned all weapons, whether it was a bat, a sword or, you know, anything rubber, anything could be deemed a weapon. They banned it all. And so here I am with this giant balloon gun. And everybody's like, oh, how clever. Wow. Magnificent. I'm like, I've been doing this for eight years. (laughs) What what are you talking about? I've been around. But anyway, past the weapons, um, I was watching the Goldbergs, and we're talking like this is season one or two. I, I can't remember. It was, it was Halloween night, he said, and he dressed up in a cardboard Voltron. And LA Comic Con was the next day. So we're talking, this is like Thursday night. I came home. I had been working, I'd been making balloons or God knows what, but I was exhausted. I saw this episode to relax so I could get up and go to the convention the next day. And boom, I was inspired, and I made a basically a cardboard version of Voltron, but out of balloons. Wow. And I convention that way. And I mean, the, 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 what do you call it? The, um, the acceptance, I guess you could say people were just blown away. They hadn't seen anybody show up in a full balloon costume before, let alone a detailed fully balloon, you know, full balloon costume. And everybody wanted to talk to me, but I couldn't hear a word they were saying because my head was inside of the Voltron mask. (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, but I was, that was just me on the ground. I was walking on my own two feet. Well, cut four, maybe five years later, I meet these guys called the G1 boys. And these guys walk around on stilts in transformer costumes. And they, you know, they, they'd said hi to me a couple of times, this and that, blah, blah, blah. And then one day, one of them says, we got to put you on stilts. I said, really? Oh. I'm, t- if I fall and break a hand, I'm out of a job. <laughs> yeah. And, the guy's like, no, this is how you got to do it. And he gives me the link. He's like, these are the stilts. This is what you got to do. This is blah, blah, blah. I get them. I take them home. I study them. And I think to myself, how can I cover these things with balloons without popping the balloons? How can I get them to where I'm walking and I'm not popping the balloons? And I mean, it took me like a good couple of weeks to figure out trial and error. I'm walking. I, one, you got to build strength in your legs too. Oh, yeah. Stilts. I mean, I was like, I, I, was, I was exhausted, fatigued after the first uh, session. I mean, it's just incredible, absolutely incredible that you can even even pull that off. And like, what happens with like that's one thing that I always wonder is with these balloons. Like, do they not pop easy? Or do you have like, are you able to replace them on the spot, or is it once it's popped, that's the end of it? No, that's that's I I replace them very quickly, and ah, it's okay. it's funny to see these people, um, and I actually play into it too. So like, I'll pop a balloon, and everybody looks at me like, oh. And then I, I turn and look at them and I go, no, no, I have to start all over again. <laughs> yeah. Because that's what people want to hear. That's what they assume. And I just, I take it off. I replace the balloon uh, and then, you know, go back about my business. I mean, there's a few photos of me floating around where you can see me at conventions repairing the damage that I've just inflicted. But um, I, my buddy, Mark Verge from, um, 
I want to say he's from Ottawa. I'm not, a, I'm not hundred percent where he's from, but he's from Canada somewhere. Yeah. He's the one that has inspired me to make the dinosaur. And then he is the one that also told me if you put duct tape at the bottom of your balloons, when you touch the floor, you won't pop. And uh, I'm like, ah, thank you, sir. I will be implementing that into my further endeavors. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, so are these balloons, are they quite strong anyway? Cause I've, I've, you know, got some, some balloons in the past and they're not that strong. No, it's, it's literally, it's trial and error. It's learning how to manipulate them. It's, you've got to, you've got to have soft hands, but at the same time, strong hands. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if that makes sense, but you, so I will, whenever I teach somebody how to make a balloon, I say the tighter you squeeze, the easier it is to twist. At the same time, if you pinch it the wrong way, if you pull it the wrong way, it'll snap. So you've got to learn to basically just put your the your fingertips on it, not so much the nail, not so much anything else, and then you'll figure out how to manipulate it that way. Ah, I see. So what would you say is the biggest piece that you've ever made? Uh, that depends. So biggest group piece or biggest piece by myself? I guess both, really. So the biggest group piece I did was a project. I was a part of a project called Balloon Manor uh, for a couple of years. And Balloon Manor, I really felt was a, a great charity. So what they were doing was they were raising money for teens who are living with cancer. And I, that was, I, to me, that spoke to me because kids, you know, I, I mean, one, I don't want anybody living with cancer, number one. Yeah. But when you have a child living with cancer, you can entertain them with anything. You can entertain them with somebody reading a book. You can entertain them with a clown. You can entertain them with a magician. But a teen, you've got all these hormones and you're dying of cancer. So mm -hmm. we raised money to buy them PlayStations, Xboxes, comic books, uh, DVD collections. Uh, you know, we did everything we could to make their lives as comfortable as possible. Some of the kids pulled through. Some sadly did not. But they were very happy with, they, and they said, thank you. You guys get it. Thank you. You know, the, you guys are buying us stuff that we want versus the freaking clown that's going to come down and try to cheer me up, which he's not doing. He's just yeah. irritating. Um, so that was the biggest group piece. And that was 60 teachers and 125 uh, students. And what we did was we went to like a dead mall in Arondequoy, uh upstate New York. And we pretty much filled out this dead wing of this mall and created a maze completely made out of balloons. The walls are made out of balloons. The artwork on the walls are made out of balloons. The scares were people, but they were holding balloons in front of themselves. And, uh, you know, we, we, everybody had to pay a fee to get in to walk through this maze and people flocked in droves. They were just very happy to participate. One, they're seeing a giant maze made out of balloons. Yeah. Two, they're donating to charity. So, that was the biggest piece I've ever been a part of. And that's where I first learned the dinosaur that you saw. Oh. Uh, my buddy, Mark Verge, he was the one making it. He invited me to help him build this thing. And it was so monotonous that I went, this is, I, I got to go. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like, this is, he's like, I understand. I understand. It's, it's, you know, to make skeleton bones, it's just one balloon at a time. And it takes hours on hours and hours on end. And I said, I'm going to go build uh, monsters over in the corner. So uh, I'll talk to you later. And I did. I ended up building a, a giant witch that made it into one of our balloon catalogs. Uh, the owners of the one of the major balloon companies took a picture inside of this giant witch. 
And uh, this was 2008. So that was the biggest thing I'd ever been a part of. Then uh, on my own, um, the biggest sculpture I ever built was a Voltron. It was 16 feet tall. And I mean, I'm always, I'm a, I'm a, a huge Voltron fan, huge Transformers fan, Pacific Rim, you know, anything, pretty much anything with robots, except yeah. for Gundam. I, I just can't get into Gundam. But uh, anyway, so my, my friend says, hey, I'm doing a balloon um, exhibit at this art studio. And uh, we're having this blind Korean balloon artist come in. And I'm like, why is he going to be blind? I'm like, why, why, why are you going to bring that up? most people don't like when you point out their disabilities and he goes oh no no he's gonna build works of art blindly and i'm like well this i gotta see so (laughs) (laughs) this man i i can't remember his name it was something very difficult to say but he put together a one it wasn't just the talent that went into it it was the idea behind it so like he created a uh Picture like one of those cheap, plain theater masks that you would find at a at a at a, a costume store. It's just got a very blank face. that's white. Yeah. Okay. So, you know something like you know. Oh, I'm gonna just put this on just for just to participate. Well, he created one of those, but half of it was black, the other half was white, and then he used balloons to make it look like flames behind, like coming out from behind this mask. And oh. not only that, that was. That was, I would say, maybe 10, 12 feet tall. Wow. So it's amazing. It, you know, the guy, asked, uh, the, uh, let's just call him the curator at the time, says, uh, can you participate? I said, of course. And he asked me, what's, what's the biggest thing you can build? And I said, you know, I've always wanted to build Voltron uh, bigger than I've already built him. Go ahead. Okay. And I did. And I did my best to. The hardest part about building giant balloons is keeping the detail the ratio, the sizing, I mean, you know, making everything accurate. Oh yeah. And, and no matter what I do, I'm never happy with what I've done. I'm like, Oh, the legs are too small. Oh, the, the hips are too big. Oh, the, uh, the face was too, you know, this and that. So that's, that's the biggest thing I've ever done on my own. And it took me, but at the, at the same time, I also owned an indoor playground pre pandemic. So I had to run the playground with my wife and answer questions or take care of the kid. We also have, we had a child at the time. Well, we still have a child. I'm saying at the time, the child was very young yeah. and required attention. So <laughs> I had to stop from building this balloon to go deal with any one of those items to then come back to building the balloon and then stopping to go back and deal with any one of those. So it took me four days, but I think had it just been me in a room, I probably could have knocked it out maybe 16 hours. You know, so two days tops. Wow, it's still a long time though, isn't it? I mean, it just shows you how time consuming it is to actually complete something like that. Oh yeah, these are. So when I when I when somebody calls me and says, "How much do you charge for this?" I go, "Well, I don't know. I've never made that before, and I'm I'm looking at it and the size that you want it. I'm going to tell you right now, it's probably going to take around 24 hours." And they go, "Oh, so you can build it in a day?" I go, "Oh no, 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 you misunderstand me." When I say 24 hours, I'm not going to work. For 24 hours straight. No, no. no. <laughs> I'm probably going to work anywhere from eight to six hours a day. And then I got to take a break in between. I might have to take a nap because making balloons ex- is very exhausting. I'm talking, you're using muscles in your body that you normally don't Oh, yeah. Use. I can only imagine. Even your hands alone. Just Oh, oh, oh my God. 
I, I was telling somebody recently, I said, the only people that can identify with what I'm feeling on a daily basis are mechanics, pianists, and guitarists. Yeah, definitely. I go, those are the only people that I could say, when they say, oh, I understand the pain you're going through, I will say, yes, you are aware. Yeah. There are some fine muscles in your hands that you normally don't use. You know, sure, turn on the remote control, type. But uh, when you're trying to hold down a balloon and attach it to another with let's say 30 PSI. Yeah. You know what type of grip that is until you've actually felt it in your hands. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's painful. It's painful. So do you, do you stand the chance of suffering from arthritis later on in life? I suffer from carpal tunnel. I suffer, suffer from arthritis. Arthritis runs in the family. So it was actually early. My wow. getting it, my hands are getting it. Uh, my feet are getting it. So sadly I'm, um, I'm doomed. but uh, i still i still i move forward and like i said some days the balloon sculpture takes you know a couple hours then other days it takes four days to build wow that's amazing though it's just just absolutely amazing so what's your favorite thing to build i love building robots okay i I figured that was going to be your answer yeah robots i love building robots and i and i since my friends introduced me to the stilts I love bringing these robots to life that are that big. Yeah. You know, well, it's, they look it's incredible. Like, Even next to the actual, like, you know, the, the cosplay ones, you know, that actually look like the, the real robot. Like, even you next yeah. to them looks incredible as well. I've seen a couple of videos of you, like, play fighting with them and stuff. It's just, it's so cool. Oh, yeah. It, it's a lot of fun. I love doing that, but it's, it's so exhausting. And have you ever made anything that, that you've failed at and you've just had to walk away from, or have you always managed to get the end result? Usually, usually, but today, today, in fact, um, usually I, I manage to persevere. And I, I, even if I've, I'm like, I'm failing, I'm able to finagle it to where I can fix it. And the client will be like, that's amazing. Thank you so much today. I, so I only have an hour to produce a 60 foot arch and 60 feet of an arch is, is one of the, it's, it's, it's a, not a football field, but like maybe like a, a racetrack. So yeah. imagine trying to do one side of the track and cover that with balloons. Well, I only have an hour to do it and a 60 foot arch can take anywhere from uh, one to two hours to make. And I'm by myself. So I'm inflating helium. I'm tying balloons. I'm inflating, you know, just, so I thought to myself, what if I pre-inflated these balloons, attached them there at the location? I created it to where this should have been easy, but somehow I couldn't get the balloons to align properly. I couldn't get the attachment points to stick properly. And when I walked away, it looked like a, a Monopoly house. Uh. It, did, it didn't arch properly. It looked like a, the top of a roof with a house coming down the sides. And granted, the client didn't complain, but she also didn't say, looks great, like she normally does. She didn't say, oh, my God, thanks for doing this. She just had to look like, so that's it, huh? Mm. And today, in in a very long time, today was the first day that I failed miserably and was very disappointed in myself. And I, I thought to myself, I've been doing this so long, I think I have figured out a way to cheat the system, and this should work, and it did not work. I should not have cheated the system. I should have done I should have done the work that I have learned and figured out this is the best way to do it. 
Yeah, well, it's trial and error, and you were on your own as yeah. well. So, I mean, that, that deserves a pat on the back anyway to even attempt it on your own because that's a lot of work for one person in such a short amount of you know, space of time. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, one of the things I do is I like to have my clients think that uh, I'm a part of a corporation and that uh, I have people working for me left and right, blah, blah, blah. And I, and I do have a few that I tap to help me out when I, when I need help. Yeah. But just me building these things. So when, when I had a friend ask me, so you've got a few people working for you, right? Because there's no way you build all these things by yourself. And I'm like, no, I, I build them all by myself. I go, my, my wife will jump in once in a while to help me out. But generally, she's, she's tied up with the kids. Yeah, you know? of course, yeah. That's a full-time job in itself. That, that alone. And I don't even want to bother her half the time. But sometimes I've got to, I'm in a jam and I'm like, I need to get this done. Yeah. And I'm sorry. What, I go, kids, come on. We're going, to the, uh, we're going to the office today. And they're like, yay. So, <laughs> well, the kid's dream, isn't it? Being around balloons. Oh, yeah. And, but that's the thing is that we're trying to you know, like seriously get this done, meet our deadline. And they're running <laughs> through the balloons kicking. I'm going, wow. <laughs> Oh man, the memories that you're giving them though. I mean, that's priceless. Oh yeah. I I guarantee you they were, I mean, my, when we, uh, my first daughter was born, um, my wife was working at a preschool and I would take the young, you know, my, my firstborn and we would go hiking, we go walking, we would talk, we would, whatever it was. And my wife says to me, you know, I wish I had that kind of time. And I go, well, I'm, I'm sorry. You didn't dedicate your life to balloons. You, uh, you know, taking care of children. So, boom. And then the opportunity presented itself to purchase an indoor playground, which is not a daycare, but it's similar to meaning you're dealing with a lot of kids, but generally it's the parents that are supposed to be watching the kids, not us. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I buy this thing, throw her into this, the, the den of wolves. And I say, here, I bought you a playground. And she's like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I don't know anything about this. What are you doing to me? And I go, I could look. Not only that, but you get to spend all day with your daughter. Here you go. I got to go build balloons. Bye. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> That's hilarious. So yeah. talking of talking of kids, I first discovered you when I seen you on an episode of Blippi. Oh, shit. Uh, my, my, <laughs> well, my son, my son, who he's almost five now, but at the time he was only three. And this is during lockdown. And my daughter was at, was she at the, I think she was at day camp. She must have been day because when the school school was school was out and he was too young to go because I, I remember being off work and I was with him um, at home and he wanted to watch Blippy and we'd watched Blippy before and I was like yeah that's fine so watching it and then you come on and that that, that was the first time I was like wow because at first you're making these relatively normal balloon animals and then all of a sudden you you up it a notch and it's like this incredible piece and my son loved it and this to this day it's still his favorite Blip, Blippy episode on YouTube he loves watching it. That is hilarious. I am. Um, the funniest part about that is I, I've been on a few TV shows. I've been in a few movies. I'm actually in a, well, I, I don't want to jinx it. I don't want to tell you what I'm in currently because I, I did that before with um, Hangover 3. I went, I'm in Hangover 3. I'm in Hangover 3. And my scene was cut. Oh, no and, way, man. That would have been so cool. And I'm like, Ugh. so I'll never again tell people what I'm in. Okay. I mean, well, when, it, when it comes out, let me know. Like, send me a message and let me know because I want to look out for you. But, uh, but I, I was in um, a few things and there were, there were a few times where I didn't want anybody to know I was a part of anything. Yeah. And one was marriage boot camp, And at the time, the situation from Jersey Shore 
and his wife Lauren were a part of that because the situation was on drugs or whatever the fuck, blah blah blah. Yeah, uh, from the Playboy Mansion was on it. Uh, anyway, I had a really bad experience on this episode, and I was like, oh, there's no way in hell I don't want anybody to see me on this episode. And I was teaching at a summer camp, and I showed up that Monday to go teach. When I say teach at a summer camp, I mean I was teaching balloons at a summer camp. Yeah. I show up to teach, and all the kids are like, what? Like, what? Apparently, one of the teachers saw me and said, that's your teacher. And, sh- and I'm like, you let these kids watch that show? <laughs> that's not a show for kids. I mean, look, definitely not. It's a show for kids. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, Blippi showed up. And then the funny part is I'd never heard of Blippi. Oh, I wow. just... I only I owned an indoor playground, uh, and I was a balloon artist. And I, like I said, I've been doing balloons uh, for so long, and I've been on so many other shows. I just thought he wanted me on because of who I was. Yeah. And so he shows up. He's like, "Oh, we're at Amy's playground." I'm like, "Yeah, sure, go ahead, have fun." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, have at it. Yeah, yeah, cool. Okay, well, I'm over here. And then we did a whole episode, and they even asked, "They go, would you mind if we turn your episode into three episodes?" I said. I don't care. I'm like, yeah, whatever. And so here I am thinking that I'm I'm doing this guy a favor. And lo and behold, he's doing me a favor. So <laughs> yeah, like well, so I was gonna ask one of my questions was like after you were on that, did you see uh, like a, a spike in your business? Not a super huge spike, but I did get a lot of the it's the guy from Blippy. Oh, and I'm okay. like, okay, yeah, cool. And the funniest part was that. Uh, I have a I have a theater background, so I don't know if you could tell I was going full on theater. In oh that yeah, episode. you 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 were fantastic. I've seen some people on it with them, and you can tell that they've never been on camera before. But you were just like, you know, you were playing up to the camera quite a bit, and it was great. And I mean, this the thing was that the louder I got, the louder he got. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> One of this producer was there that day, like, oh my god, I've never, I've never seen him compete before. I'm like, what do you mean? Oh, it was I great because he's like, at one point, he's like, can you do, can you do the sound of a bear? Then you go, Polly, want a cracker? <laughs> <It's fantastic. laughs> yeah, he just, he's, I guess he's never come across that before. But yeah, because <laughs> the bigger I got, the bigger he got. He's like, oh, you're not going to outdo me, pal. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, it, it was awesome. So what was it like actually working with, with Steven? Because he seems like a really super nice guy. Uh, he was, the man is always on. And he's very grateful. He, what's the word I'm looking for? I mean, the guy stepped outside for some fresh air for a minute. Yeah. And literally like six cars stopped, like, Blippi! And he was out there waving at people, signing autographs, taking pictures. And I'm over here going, you know, I've been here for four, three <laughs> yeah. years. This is my business. Jason, <laughs> what, what is going on right now? <laughs> So, but yeah, really nice guy. It, the, I mean, the minute he's not talking to you, he's working. He's talking to his fans. He's talking to his, you know, he's every kid he comes across. He always says, thanks for being my friend, which that to me spoke to me in um, like, I should be doing the same thing. Like everybody that I talk to, thanks for talking to me. Thanks for spending time with me. Thanks for anyway. I mean, the fact that he just did that for everything. I'm like, wow. The worst part, though, is that the balloon community is, um, I don't want to say jealous. I don't want to say petty. I don't want to say, 
other negative things, but um, they like to point out when you succeed where they don't and where you should fail. So for instance, I'm, I'm on the Blippi episode and uh, I post, hey guys, I'm on Blippi. Once again, I have no idea who Blippi is, but I just point out, hey, I'm on Blippi or hey, I'm on, a, I'm on this commercial or I'm in this movie. I just promote it. And all of a sudden it's, oh, do you know how he got famous? And I'm like, no, I genuinely don't know who this guy is. I have a small child and I have no clue who this guy is. Oh, and then they, they then they go into the history of Blippy and blah, yeah. blah. And I'm like, okay, well, he's not that now. You know, yeah, he, exactly. He, yeah. He's revered in the in the community here. You know, maybe how about maybe don't shit on my parade? Like be happy for me? Yeah, exactly. About- and, and and that's all it is. It's just jealousy. It, they do, and it's like that in, in most things, really, that you're always going to get people that are just jealous for your, for your own success. And it's, it's oh, never yeah. going to be any different. Oh, yeah. I figured out a long time ago. I said, you know, I need to. So there, there was a time where I thought, like, I needed to hang out with other balloon people. I needed to hang out with, you know, because I wanted them to. I wanted other people to hear how I felt. I wanted to know that there were other people in my situation. And then you start becoming a part of the politics of that community. And you're like, fuck this. <laughs> yeah. You guys know we make balloons for a living, right? You understand that? This is a fucking joke. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, have you got any advice for anybody that wants, you know, is, is looking to get into, you know, what you do? Well, when I got into balloons, there was no YouTube. There was no internet. So the only way to learn balloons was by people you met. And I... I, my only, the only person I consider a mentor, uh, was a man by the name of Frank Tavila. And he was the balloon artist at Universal Studios in Hollywood. And I mean, I, I found balloons in 2003 and I, I was making dogs, I was making swords. I found a book on, you know, I found a book, uh, in a library, um, I, I mean, I, I was I was doing anything. If I saw anybody making a balloon, I wanted to talk to this person and figure it out. And this guy showed me so many techniques that I was like, okay, I'm going to go home and play with these techniques. Played with them, brought them back the next week. And he was like, oh my God, you know, that, that, wow, you, you really went with it. And then I, I met some other balloon artists and I learned some stuff from them. And then that sort of launched me as to like, okay, if they're doing this, I can... I could try to be better. I could try to build better. I could try to go bigger. I could try to go smaller. I could try to, let me just stretch it out. Let me check the range. Yeah. You know, and then of course, those people try to point out how you're not that good. You're not this and that, but then you see your techniques that you've been working on end up on their instructional DVDs. And you're like, okay, so I was something, but they, they told me I was not, you know, just so they could swipe it. Toxic. Completely. And they wonder why I won't talk to any of them nowadays. Yeah. It was interesting because you said that there's a balloon community and I, I, I wouldn't even cross my mind that there was a community based around what you do. Every time I mention that, everybody's like, what? So there is a <laughs> called Cedar Rapids. It stars Ed Helms, John C. Riley. Um, it's an insurance convention. Okay, it's it's a very yeah. good movie. If you haven't seen it, I recommend it. It's okay. it's a fun. It's uh, I mean, definitely not for the kids, but it's it's an indie movie, and it's basically about a like a guy who's never really been out of 
his hometown attending a insurance convention for the first time and then witnessing the debauchery that takes place at conventions and then trying to get out of it at the same time. That is what the balloon community is like. I attended my first balloon convention in 2008. I was like, and everybody's screaming Christianity, Christianity, Christianity. And then you see the stuff that happens behind the doors. and You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> Does the Lord know this takes place? oh man i just showed up with a giant jesus like an inflatable jesus oh i i wanted to but see the the thing is that i i always have a drink in my hand i always have a a pint of some sort so they look at me like "Ah, what do you know you're always drinking beer or you always have a (laughs) i was like oh okay Oh man, I seen in one of your other, in one of your photographs, and it, it it was so quick because it was in like a like a compilation video that you posted, so all the pictures were coming up really quickly. And one of them, it seemed like you'd like Stan Lee was in the picture. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so what was that? I got to ask, what was that like meeting Stan Lee? Because that would have been amazing. So Stan Lee at this point was already like he was early nineties at this point, and. Um, I was walking in my Optimus Prime outfit and I, this is before stilts. This is before stilts. Yeah. And, uh, I'm walking around and this is so obviously pre pandemic. So the, the place is crowded, packed to the rafters and Stan's got his security detail walking in front of him. And so like an emergency vehicle, everybody just sort of parts the way and lets the man walk through. Yeah. And his handler went, wait, Stan, hold on. Look at this. And he walks up and he looks at me and he smiles and he's like, that's, that's, that's something. <laughs> that is incredible. Uh, he's, yeah. He put his hand on me, took a picture with me and it was just him smiling. Like, I, well, th- there you go. <laughs> I mean, he, he must, he must undoubtedly be the, the best person like celebrity wise you've ever met. I mean, that must uh, have been. I've I've met a few. I've met a few, and uh, oh, that's that's not true. No, Kevin Smith was another. Um, oh, he's awesome! Yeah, Kevin Smith. I, yeah, several times. So, I did his daughter's fourth birthday party, um, and I remember walking in, and this was sort of like the test of whether I can work for a celebrity. Yeah, and I walked in, and I looked at him, and I went, "Holy shit! It's <laughs> Kevin freaking Smith!" Oh my God, how did I not notice the, the work order said? So the person that booked it was my wife, Jennifer Smith. And I'd read an article in Wizard like months before that he named his daughter Harlequin because he's a huge Batman fan. So the, the invoice read Jennifer Smith, daughter Harley Smith, age four. And it, it di- didn't click. I walk in, I see Kevin Smith, and I'm like, keep it cool, man. Keep it cool. Don't, don't flip out. Don't. I stood there, did my job. You know, Ali Lauder was there. Uh, God, who else was there? It was, I'm, I'm trying to remember exactly who was there. But um, it, was, it was a huge, you know, Beverly Hills mansion. And, and uh, there I am. And he walks over. Tells me I did a great job, hands me a hundred dollar tip 
on top of my salary. And then I said, sir, had I known this was for you, I would have done this for free. And he said, you're too kind. Now get the fuck out of here. No, I'm joking. He didn't say that. But it was, <laughs> and I walked out. And um, anyway, years later, he's signing uh, 10th anniversary DVDs of Clerks. Yeah. And in line, I'm getting my copy. And he goes, you look familiar. And I go, I did your daughter's fourth birthday party. He goes, that's where I know you from. And I turned and looked at the audience. We're like, he fucking knows me. Oh, man, that's awesome. He, he fucking knows me. So that was, <laughs> I've heard that he's like, I've heard that he's such a nice guy though to his fans. Oh, I, I ran into him at the farmer's market a couple years later and I was like, Kevin, he's like, hey. And I go, Do you mind? Absolutely not. We took a photo and I said, What are you up to? And he's like, I you know buying vegetables and everything. And I was like, always good to see you. He's like, always. All right, have a good one. Went off and um, you know, did his thing. I did my thing. And you know, the poor guy. He's trying to walk the farmer's market in Hollywood and he's getting stopped every two seconds for a photo. <laughs> and I know that feeling because when you go to con life and you're wearing a costume that people find interesting, you're stopped every two seconds. Yeah. And I tell my wife, I go, listen, I, I, I know I'm not a celebrity. I know this. I'm, I'm not famous in any way, but you have to understand they're going to stop me and you, you just got to go with it. Okay. And after that, she's like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> how do you get anywhere <laughs> i just i totally make my way um the other my other i i wouldn't say as cool i guess you could say um stanley was cool to me kevin smith but i did sasha baron cohen's friend's birthday party um. and so sasha comes in and I have this thing where when I talk to a kid, I really want to get to know them within the few minutes that I have them and have their attention. Yeah. And I want to really find out what they're into. And a lot of times kids, they're forced into getting certain balloons or artwork that they don't want because the parent thinks, oh, he plays with this bunny. He likes bunnies. Oh, he plays with this Mickey Mouse. He likes Mickey Mouse. Yeah. And I've spoken to kids. And, I, and, and half the time, especially when it's like a big burly dad, you, you go, um, I go, oh, if you don't mind, I'm going to talk to him. He's only two. I go, oh, well, that tells me how you feel about your son. But okay. I said, hey, buddy, what's your favorite color? And, you know, the kid does his best to tell me his favorite color. What's your favorite movie? Tells me his, you know, probably mentioned, you know, just dog or, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, one time I said, if you could have anything made out of balloons in the whole wide world, what would it be? And this kid says to me, leaf blower. And I tell the dad, I said, he asked for a leaf blower. And he said, you wanted to talk to him. That's what he wants. Okay. I made him a leaf blower. And we had to be at an indoor soccer field. And the kids spent the rest of the party blowing the leaves off of this indoor soccer field. And what pissed me off is this is pre- iPhone. I, I have no video of this. I have no, no photo of this of any kind. And it was just the most amazing. And the, the dad was just looking at him like, I can't believe he fucking asked for a leaf blower. And this is what he's doing. That's right? amazing. I mean, that oh, kid yeah. must have been so happy. Oh, yeah, that kid. But going back to Sasha Baron Cohen, I'm trying to talk to his daughter. And he's just interrupting left and right. And I go, sir, I know you're used to being the star of the family. But right now she's my star. And if you don't give me a few minutes to talk to her, I can't make her anything. 
the look on his face was, do you know who I am? <laughs> do you know who? And, I'm, and I've been a, a fan of Sasha since he was Ali G. Yeah. Pre, Pre-HBO. I've been a yeah. fan of it. And so here I am. Now, I've met a few celebrities. And now I'm, I'm inside. I'm going, oh, my God, it's Ali G. You know. <laughs> but I'm like, my job and my obligation is to this child. You need to give me some space. And uh, I ended up making her a dog because I'm like, your father is clearly in your head. Uh, what I asked <laughs> her was, she said, my fair lady. There's no way in hell a four-year-old watches my fair lady. Yeah. She said, tell him your favorite movies, my fair lady. <laughs> and I go, what do you want to do? Make impression. <laughs> That's the worst impression ever. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I, I've met my fair share of celebrities, of, uh, and um, some of them have been gracious. Some of them have not been so gracious. Oh, that's cool, though, man. Some of those people, I mean, especially Kevin Smith and obviously Stanley as well. I mean, it's just, oh, yeah. just amazing. Yeah. Okay, so I've got. We're going to wrap this up very shortly, but I've got five like kind of quick fire questions I'm going to throw at you that we ask pretty much all of our guests. All so, right. But every answer is always obviously always different, and you know normally pretty interesting so we'll, we'll see how you do with these okay so question one uh which one song defines you if you could think of one song that defines brian what would it be oh shit i i literally had that question recently and i'm like oh my god i uh ah <laughs> uh because there's a few it just depends on my mood yeah it just it, like there's a song from the cramps called let's get fucked up and <laughs> and that is like if i'm in that mood where i'm i'm I, that's the i'm done for the day i've worked 12 hours i've put a lot of smiles on people's faces and i i'm done i have nothing to do the next day and all i can hear is that song going dan and dan and Dun, dun, hey baby, let's get fucked up. And I'm like, I'm done. I'm, I'm relaxed. But then there's other days where I'm I'm battling, trying to get through the day. And there's a uh, a song by Holy Fuck that was in uh, the TV show Invincible, and oh, yeah. Omni Man is like destroying this this uh, other universe, like this other planet. And that's the song that's playing in the background. And that's the song that I hear in my head when I'm trying to just barrel through my day. And, you know, get it done. Yeah. Uh, then there's times where I have to travel and I'm away from my family and all I can hear is uh, Motley Cruz, I'm coming home. So mm -hmm. I'm like, to say what defines me through a song, I'm like, I, I, I don't know that I can. Yeah, it's tough, isn't Although, it? It is a tough question. Yeah. I mean, my wife would probably be like, oh, this song. <laughs> yeah. She knows better than anybody. Yeah. Okay, so the next question is, this one's quite an easy one. What is the perfect meal? Oh, steak and lobster. Side of potatoes. Good answer. Good answer. Yeah. Definitely. I agree with you, actually. Oh, yeah. um, okay, next one is, um, can you tell us something about yourself that nobody else knows? Hmm. A, little, a little Brian fact. Um, well, that nobody knows. I mean, I mean, I'm a pretty open person. That's why I'm like, what is it that nobody knows? This is another tough question. Yeah. I mean, like, 
I'm, I'm very, I'm very, very open. So I'm like that. Um, it, can be really, it can be really random. I have a lot of body artwork. Okay. That most people do not know that I possess. Excellent. Well, we I'm know. Talking, <laughs> like, like, uh, uh, I'm, I was, as a kid, I was obsessed with, uh, Yakuza style artwork. Oh yeah. Uh, there was a movie called showdown in little Tokyo starring Dolph Lundgren and Brendan Lee and the artwork that the men had on their bodies. I was just like, Oh my God, that's amazing. And as an adult, I was able to afford one. And I said, you know what? I want that. But here's the thing. It's all transformers. Ah, so imagine. So the, the, what I, what I have in my body is called a wind bar. Yeah. So I have a wind bar tattoo. I am tattooed from below the neckline to my chest all the way around, but all in transformers. That sounds so cool. Oh yeah, it's. I, I wish I could show it off, but I, I can't have my clients looking at me going, "This fucking guy's covered in body art like that." Really? Well, that's the same as me. I've got a, a portrait of Clint Eastwood on my arm because I'm a big Clint Eastwood fan, and <clears throat> it's it's at the top of my arm. So like, you can't when I'm wearing t-shirts, you can't see it. And I also want to do it when I'm in work is wear a vest so people can see it, but never get to show it off. And yeah. I, I remember when I first got it, I showed me granddad because I thought, you know, granddad, he loves Clint Eastwood. They're like the same age. He loves his movies. He's going to think this is so cool. I showed him it. And the first thing he said was, why have you got a tattoo of a man on your arm? Yeah. <laughs> he goes, That's kinda... most, most guys get, you know, a lovely lady or something on their arm. You've got, you've got a man. And I'm like, it's Clint Eastwood though. It's not just a man. What? <laughs> totally backfired. Body. What's that? At least you didn't get your own name tattooed on your body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In case I forget. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next question. What inspires you? Uh, let's see. The before my family. Yeah. What inspired me was I never wanted to work at a computer ever again. I never wanted to crunch another number. I I wanted to get out of the corporate uh, stronghold that I was in. And I did it. I managed to get out. But then I found out that I've quit better jobs than what I'm currently doing. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, the amount of paperwork that I have to fill out, invoicing, numbers I've got to crunch, no, things I have to keep track of. Now it's just my family. My family inspires me. I, I want to make sure that they're fed. I want to make sure they're comfortable. I want to make sure that the, the kids get the memories that they need. I don't want them to have to... I, I hate to say what I endured as a child because I, I'm not going to say my child was terrible. Yeah. But it could have been better. You know, but I mean, most people feel the same way. Yeah, of course. So as you of right now, your kids to have better than you did, no matter how, how bad or good you had it, you, you just want your kids to, to have better. Exactly. But at the same time, I still torture them the way I was tortured just to keep them tough. Oh, of course. I'm the same. I, I do it all the time. And my wife's like, why are you picking on them? And I'm like, I'm not picking on them. I'm toughening, <laughs> I'm toughening them off for school. So when they go to school, there's gonna be bullies, and they've got to get thick skin. They got they got to be ready. Yeah, but yeah, my family inspires me. <laughs> Good answer. Okay, final question. Favorite place to be? Oh, in a pool. In a pool, perfect. Any Espe pool, especially in California, you want to get in that oh. water. Just any any pool. Uh, well, I love the beach, but a pool is safer. Of course, yeah, I'm the same. 
Yeah. Excellent. Okay. Well, listen, Brian, thank you so much for joining us. It has been an absolute pleasure having a chat with you. Um, people, just to let everyone know, if you want to find Brian on social media, you can find him on Twitter and Instagram at um, Belusionist. That's B-U-L-L-U-S-I-O-N-I-S-T. And I've also got you. I've got your other one as well from from uh, Instagram, which I only just discovered, which was which is the uh, Bluenisher one as well. Yeah. So people can follow you on that one too. That one was actually quite cool. Some of the things you posted on there. Um, but yeah, people, everybody go and follow Brian. And you're also on Facebook as well. Is that right? Yep. So yeah. Belusion is actually spelled B-A-L-L-U-S-I-O-N-I-S-T. Did I say it wrong? You did. You said B-U. Oh, of course I'm like, ah, it's fine. So, I'm full well, of bolt. At least you can understand my accent enough to notice that I made a mistake. So well done, <laughs> you. <laughs> so, so one of the things a lot of people do is they go, they, they look at my name and they don't realize that it's balloon illusionist. They go, oh, it's the balloonist. Yeah. And I always respond with, I'm sorry, do I look like a hot air balloon pilot? Yeah. Do and I they, look like Richard Branson? <laughs> I'm like, what, what do you mean? I go, a balloonist is somebody that flies balloons in the sky. I'm a balloon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, the funny thing is, I've actually got it written down exactly how it's spelled as well. But for some reason, I threw a U in there instead of an A. It it's, get, it's getting late where I am. I mean, you know, it's uh, it's 12 o'clock now. So <laughs> oh, I, I've been up since 3 a.m. making okay. balloons. You win. You win. I, I'm <laughs> like, this is, remember I said, I go, you go, what's late? I said, 6 p.m. is late for me. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, honestly, it's it's been a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much for, for joining us. My pleasure. Um, Thank you for having me. And to our listeners as well, you know, this is obviously the end of the episode. If you, if you want to follow us on social media, you can just go to linktree.com forward slash majors mess all, and there's links to all of our social media pages and everywhere that our podcast can be found, iTunes, Spotify, all those places, and even our YouTube pages on there too. Um, again, thank you very much to Brian for joining us and we'll, we'll be back in a couple of weeks for, with episode 161. Thanks very much, Brian. It's been awesome, bud. Thank you. Take it easy, man. Have a great day. Bye-bye.